Blog Talk Radio. something a little different today. Uh, today, uh, I want to make sure for those who want to get online, give us a call, feel free to call us at 516-453-9118. That's 516-453-9118. Or you can listen online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash reconnect my heart or you can also go on facebook live i'm on facebook live periscope 
as well as you can go on my website at brotherprater.com. Brotherprater.com. You're going to see Reconnect My Heart Live. Click on that and you'll be able to see me. Sorry, I got to start a few seconds late. I end up getting tangled up. But um, this is a special edition. Um, I was going to have anything formatted. I just wanted to just uh, speak from the heart. Um, for those that read the introduction, um, we're coming up to the one-year anniversary of my sister passing, my sister Sheila Prater. Um, unfortunately, she was a victim of domestic violence. And what I want to do, I want to just be real and talk about how the past year has been. Uh, matter of fact, today is March the 1st of 2020, and Tuesday, March the 3rd, would make exactly a year. But last year, uh, we didn't have leap year, and I had a podcast. I had an episode on my podcast. That particular day, it was entitled Strongholds. Um, I forgot the exact name of it, but the topic was about breaking strongholds. And that being on a Sunday, as I was doing a podcast, little did I know that my sister was dead. But I will say this. I want to lead up to um, last last year. Sunday morning, I woke up. I woke up with an emptiness. I, I woke up Sunday morning, early Sunday morning, before I was getting ready to go to church. Actually, before it was time for me to go to bed, me, before it was time for me to wake up, I woke up feeling empty. Didn't really know why, and I ended up getting a phone call early Sunday morning, and I thought that feeling was associated with person that called. I thought uh, the person had a situation that went on. And so I was thinking that my feelings were associated with what they had to tell me. And so I just kind of took that day on, okay, well, maybe that feeling would leave because I felt, I felt some uneasiness in my spirit. And so I went on throughout the day and then got on a podcast, talk about strongholds. And as I was praying, all of a sudden I heard God say, the God of comfort, I am the God of comfort. And so I, I don't remember if I uh, said it out loud on the air because I hadn't got a chance to re-listen to that particular episode. And so I prayed, I heard those words, and then an hour or so later, I went to bed, laid down, and then right after I laid down, a few minutes later, I got a phone call from my nephew for him to tell me that my sister was killed. And I was in shock. And I tell people, things can happen to you that just, if you want to say, blindside you. And I want to talk about from that moment on up to today. Now, 
Before I get started, I want to share with y'all a shirt I had made. I'm going to take this off. This is a tribute to my sister I had made. I'm going to give y'all the contact information of the person that made it. He did a, I think he did a great job. But this is, if you can see it, this is my sister. This is Sheila when I don't know the age, but kid, adult with wings. And then also, if you can see me and her, her, me, her, me. Then also the back. So, this is my tribute picture, tribute shirt to my sister. Now, I tell people. You can be saved. You can be a well-educated person, a killer, spiritual. But one thing about it, no matter how saved you are, you cannot escape death. Not just death of those that you love, but even yourself. And during this life, as long as you live, you will experience some type of loss. Before I forget, this is also a tamarine tribute to my sister. There are people that you may know that you may love, and no matter how much you love them, you can't keep them here. You know, If I had it my way, I would still have my sister here. And I will tell people, you know, because a lot of times people say things and they mean well, but I tell people, even though that person may be saved, you're going to miss them. And even though, of course, we all want to make it to heaven, and sometimes people may say, well, you know, they had a better place and, and everything. That sounds good. That sounds cliche to say in some incidents, but not all incidents. Like I said, my sister being a, a victim of domestic violence. And one thing I tell people, we have to saying all the time, well, you know, it was God's will for her to go. It was God's will for this person to go. Look here, that was not God's will. Just point blank. God did not want us to murder each other. That's murder. So by by this time last year, me hearing the news, I was stuck. For the first time in my life, I felt lost. Now, I've had heartbreak, I've had breakups, I've had disappointment, I've had uh, people to leave me, I've had people to abandon me. But me losing 
excuse me, me losing Sheila was a different hurt. I found out something. I found out something. I found out months later, I found out that she was more than my sister. In actuality, I found out, and I found this out um, during the funeral. My little brother was speaking, my little brother Walter, and he said that he lost his big sister. And I'm saying to myself, I looked at him, I'm like, he lost his big sister. And then that's when it dawned on me. She was his big sister. She was not my baby sister, but we were 362 days apart. And we never really talked about being bigger brother, older brother. We just looked at ourselves as equal. Sheila and I looked at each other as being equal. Now, every now and then we may say to differentiate because some people always say, well, y'all twins, y'all twins. And we would say, no, we are 362 days apart. So we got tired of people saying that. So we just, every now and then we'll say, well, that's my, you know, she would say, that's my brother, my older brother, whatever. But ordinarily, we would look at each other as being equal. And leading up to the funeral, uh, excuse me, finding out about, you know, her passing and having to tell tell people, um, I had the unfortunate circumstances of telling my mom. That was the hardest thing I ever had to do. Now, it was already hard enough. Years ago, I had to tell my mom that her brother passed away, her older brother. But now I have to tell my mom that my sister was gone. And I told, I had to tell her how. And that was one of the hardest things that I ever had to do in my life. That was something that I wish on no one. I had to tell my mom that my sister was gone. And so that was around, I say, 10.45 p.m. Sunday night, almost around this time last year. And then I had to talk to my brothers. My daddy called me, and, you know, that was that was hurtful. And actually... Because of me and Sheila always being, if you want to say, had this bond, I felt like it was my responsibility to try to protect, try to protect my family, try to even protect her children. Now, I will say this. (laughs) Sheila has a son and a daughter, uh, Trevante and Tiara, and you know, when I when I think about them, the firstborn was Trey. You know, I always thought that he was my child because when Sheila was, Sheila told me that she was um she was pregnant, 
and I got so scared, I didn't look at myself as I'm going to be an uncle. I looked at myself as I'm going to be a daddy, <laughs> you know. But because of that being Sheila's son, I felt like whatever belonged to Sheila belonged to me, and of course, vice versa. And so being able to have to face my family and for them to um, try to figure out how we're going to not just deal with that day, but how we were going to deal the rest of our life without Sheila. Um, Like I said, that was a scary feeling for me. Um, All I could do was try to wait until morning came, until the sun came up. Um, I I, I stayed with my mom and my sister-in-law came, sister-in-law Rhonda, and she was so much of a jewel to us during that time. Actually, I called her and told her a few minutes after I found out that um, Sheila was killed, and Rhonda came straight over here, and she stayed here, not just for a couple of hours. She stayed several days helping and assisting, being that help for us, and she was not just, she was not just a friend, she was family, and she still is family. But all I could do was just wait till morning came. I grabbed my guitar uh, while it was late at night, had people coming over, my pastor, my uncle, and all I could do was just grab my guitar and just play. I didn't want to talk. I didn't feel like talking. I just wanted to be around people to try to be some type of help for them. Um, you know, it seemed like the song that I was playing, it seemed like it was not long enough. And so finally, daybreak came. And so I went on and I needed to go to the store. But I didn't want to go at night. I wanted to just go ahead and wait till the sun came up so I can kind of figure out things. So I remember I got in the car and there was a song that was playing, and it was a worship song that was just saying hallelujah, hallelujah. And so for the first time, I just began to start shedding tears. I was I was too hurt to bawl, didn't know how to. I was too hurt to bawl. All I could do was just listen to the song and let the song massage my heart because I ain't going to lie to you. That was a hurt I've never experienced before in my life. Like I said, I've had heartbreaks, been through a divorce. And even when I've had relationships to end, even when, you know, those wanted to leave me, I've shed some tears. Yes, I have. But I was able to bounce back. Even when those who broke up with me or whatever, you know, I never gave up on love. But for the first time in my life, I heard it deeply. And so when I was listening to the song and uh, just driving in Walmart, just down the street from my house, but it seemed like it was miles away. It seemed like it was hours away. And so I pulled up into Walmart's parking lot. And I, like I said, I felt alone. Now, I tell people, I didn't feel like, you know, God abandoned me. No, 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 no. I didn't feel that. You know, I knew God was with me. I knew that. But 
I felt half my heart gone. I felt like a part of me died. And I got out the car, and that was the longest walk from my car to Walmart. That was the longest walk. And it felt like a movie where you see people um, high or hallucinating, and it seemed like everybody was looking at them. But it seemed like everybody was looking at me. And so I finally made it in, and I was so vulnerable. I was scared. Being honest with you, I was scared. For the first time in my life, I felt scared. And I ended up going by the pharmacy to get something, and I saw my classmate, my former coworker, um, Shanetta Bagley. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, but Vanilla Bagley, I'm sorry. Vanilla Bagley. I saw her, and I had just posted on Facebook about my sister passing. And she just saw me, and all I could do was just fall in her arms. And first time, I bawled because I heard it. I heard it. And so fast forwarding, I kept thinking about in reliving what I was hearing when I did the podcast that Sunday, the God of comfort. I am the God of comfort. And I had a conversation with God, and I said, God, I know that you said that you are a comforter. You promised me that you would heal my heart. But I don't need it later on. I need it right now. <laughs> I need it right now. And, and I felt it, it wasn't just my hurt. What hurting me was I wasn't just feeling my hurt but I felt the hurt of so many people. That was the thing that overwhelmed me. I felt the hurt of my daddy. I felt the hurt of my mama. I felt the hurt of my brothers. I felt the hurt of my nephew, Trey. I felt the hurt of my niece, Tiara. I felt the hurt. And that's something that I wish if I could, I wish I had a substituted all of their hurt and just be able to take it upon myself so they wouldn't hurt. You know, um, that that caring person that people say I am, it, it began to kick in because normally those that know me, I like to fix problems. I don't like to create problems, but I like to fix problems. I'm a, if you want to say I'm a problem fixer, if somebody tells me they have a problem at night, they have a problem and they go to bed, by the time they wake up, I want to have that problem fixed. I would sacrifice my sleep to fix somebody's problem, especially those that I love. That's me. But this one, I couldn't fix it. This was something that medicine couldn't cure. This was something that a sleep aid was not going to allow me to sleep through for me to be able to wake up as if nothing happened. I couldn't get that. So what happened, I began to start talking to God. I Believe me, me and God had some deep conversations. And those that know me, I don't mind being real or transparent. And I tell people, that's the way we have to be with God. We got to talk. We got to be real. And so I was talking to God, and I told God, I need his help. And as I began to start talking to him, he told me, 
all throughout my years, I've always told people about God. I've always told people what God can do. I always told people to trust God in everything. But now, this is more than just me telling people what he can do. Now, I have to show people through my life what he can do. All of a sudden, in the midst of my hurt, God began to start ministering to me. And so when it came down to the family coming together, and for even though it was a sad occasion, it was a beautiful thing for me to be able to see family, our family. And it hasn't, it's been a long time since we all came together. Unfortunately, it was on a sad occasion. But I was looking at, you know what? This can be the beginning of something awesome. And so we had to go through the process of getting ready to bury my sister. And so with all of that, it seemed like the whole community, when it came down to the wake, it seemed like people from around the city, around the state came that place was so packed, and it was. I found that there were so many people that couldn't come. They didn't, you know, they got the days mixed up, or they couldn't find the location. All these things. I saw such a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful honor and tribute to my sister. Like I said, I'm gonna be real. I'm gonna be very transparent. I found out, I mentioned a little bit a few minutes ago, but I'm just going to go on and say it. I found that I was so selfish. I found that I was so Yes, me, little old me. I found that I was selfish because, like I said, I knew, I didn't know who Sheila was to everybody. I just knew who she was to me. That's all I knew. You know, um, there was an old saying growing up, um, there were two cartoon characters, Raggedy Ann and Andy. There was another one, Mud and Jeff. And then there was June and Sheila. We were two peas in a pod. Matter of fact, we had uh we have always been together. You know, we uh, we had to share the same bed till I was ten, she was nine. And so when my mom and daddy made us go ahead and get separate rooms and I had to sleep in my I had to sleep with my brothers. Um and Sheila had her own room because she was a girl. Well, sometimes I would sneak out of my brother's bed to go in there and sleep in there with Sheila again. And that's what she wanted. <laughs> you know, so like I said, we were always together and, you know, just trying to figure out leading up to the days of going through the process of not having Sheila. I was in the shower, and most of the time when I'm in the restroom, it could be any restroom, public restroom, whatever, I'm always trying to pray or talk to God or whatever. And I told God this. I said, God, how am I going to live the rest of my life without my sister? How am I going to do it? I don't know how to do that. What about our birthdays? You know, I got to celebrate our birthday without my sister. And God spoke back and he said, no, 
You don't stop celebrating your birthday. Matter of fact, continue to celebrate. Go ahead and celebrate your birthday, those that didn't know. We're three days apart on our birthday. I was born September the 16th. She was born September the 13th. I was born the year before her. And so I looked, and God said, no, when you make your cake, you go ahead and you put your name and her name. That's something I've always did anyway. But you continue to celebrate. It's just that y'all are celebrating each other's birthday, but on two different locations. I said, wow. He said, you're celebrating via spiritual satellite. So don't stop celebrating your birthday. Continue to celebrate it. You thanking him for another year, but also you paying tribute and honor for who he blessed you to have. And I've said this during the course of the days leading up to the services, I really had to commend my mom and dad regardless if they're not together or not. But I commend my mom and dad for allowing me to have an awesome sister. You know, now we've had our ups and downs, but when it boiled down to it, number one, we both have had a deep love for each other. Even when she didn't, when she didn't think I understood her or vice versa, I found out, the core of how we felt we deeply loved each other. And she would sometimes get upset sometimes because I I would run and hurry up and open the door for her before she get ready to go off into the car. Sometimes she would try to sneak off. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. I said, let me be a gentleman to you. <sighs> okay, June Bug. <laughs> and I was thinking, I'm like, man, I'm going to miss her. I'm definitely going to miss her. But all of that was showing me the memories. It was like God was compiling all of the memories that we've had together. The 45 years I was blessed to have my sister. And so me, especially growing up, we uh, we graduated from the same high school. And so whenever I would go out to places that we would have for the class or for school, I'll always go and I would always ask her if she was going to go. And she said, no, no, no. I said, well, I want you to come. Well, you represent the both of us, June Bug. And so at first I used to always, time I go somewhere, they're going to always ask where you at. They're going to say, hi, Charles. Now, that was my name before I legally changed it to Brother Prater. Hi, Charles. Where's your sister? I was so used to that. So I think I made a little joke, and I was saying that I'm Sheila Prater's brother. (laughs) Sheila Prater's brother. Now, Sheila would call me Junebug, and I would call her by the name that everybody would call her at school, Sheila Prater, by her first and middle name. I'm just kidding, first and last name. And sometimes if I really want to get at her, I would say Sheila Denise Prater. And she knew she was in trouble, <laughs> but it was all in love. And so it made me see like, wow, you know, this is, this is something, this is something, you know, I will say this in the midst of everything 
that happened, I found out some key things about me. During this year of the transition of me not having my sister, because this is a new norm. This is a new norm, a new reality for me, for us. And I'm going to tell you, it sucks. Being real, it sucks. You know, I knew about love. I learned it from my sister, Sheila. Everything I knew about love, everything I knew about commitment, everything I knew about, you know, uh, communication, I learned it from my sister. It wasn't so much of, well, she told me what to do. No, 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 no. Not that. It's just that we exhibited that with each other. The reason why I said that, I realized that she taught me about love because, like I said, for me having heartaches and heartbreaks and divorce and all that stuff, I never gave up on love. I never, I never lost that bounce back. But when I lost Sheila, when I lost Sheila for the first time, I felt like, you know what? This hurt too bad. Being real with you, I didn't give up on love. But what I felt was this hurts. This is a different hurt because the one that I've always loved, the one that I always protected, and also the one that always protected me. Now I became vulnerable. Now I felt the hurt of love. I felt the hurt of love. Somebody asked me, you know, how did I feel? And and I, I kind of gave two analogies. The first analogy was if it felt like me losing a twin and a wife all in one. Because we had this oneness, um, we had this twin connection. Even though we were not twins, but we were like twins. You know, we weren't womb mates, but we were roommates. You know, even when I would go and spend the night at her house as an adult, a lot of times she didn't sleep in her bedroom. She had two couches. She would sleep on one side. I would sleep on the other side. And being real with you, and this is just me being transparent, because I want to, I want people to know a lot of times they may see myself or ministers preach behind the pulpit, minister to so many people, but a lot of times people forget that we have problems, we have a situation that go on, and that doesn't mean that we're walking in sin either. Sometimes it's just all about life, and death is a part of life, and that's something that we all have to process too, regardless if you're a preacher, bishop, or even just an ordinary lay member. And so with that, I was... um. I was thinking and looking because of me being able to just have that hurt. I was trying to figure out what am I going to do? Because everything that I've done in my life, it was always associated because we were so similar. It always was about me and Sheila. There was something I was going to bring up, but God, bring it back to my remembrance. But with 
me trying to figure out what am I going to do for the rest of my life? What am I going to do with the rest of my life without Sheila? What am I going to do? You know, I'm a reminder to some people, and also not only I was a reminder to people about her, but she was a reminder to others about me. I would go out places and people ask me about her and I would tell her. And then she would go places and she would say, hey, these people asked about you. And I'm like, I didn't know they know me. I didn't know they liked me. You know, so we were each other's confidant. We were each other's representative. And so me, once again, asking God, God, what am I going to do now that my representative is no longer here? What am I going to do? You know, for me to be able to see the hurt on my daddy's face and, you know, that it hurted me. You know, me and Sheila, we were daddy's children. We are daddy's children. And there's no knock against my mother or other family members or anything like that. But it's just a point of our personality. We were just like our father. And so sometimes we would even joke and say, our father. And then the other person would say, which art in heaven? Hollywood be thy name. You know, Hollywood be thy name. You know, so me and Sheila had so many uh, histories and stories. And so when it came down to that, that heart, that relationship, that connection, that hurt that I had pertaining to love, like I said, it made me feel like, hmm, so that's what people talk about when they say that they're scared to love. They're scared to uh, give someone uh, uh, their heart, their trust. It made me feel that. And also, it seemed like everything that I would look at, it was a reminder of my sister. Um, a couple months after um her passing, I ended up participating in a wedding, um, Mr. Uh, Cheney, Mr. Cheney, a great young man, Kenneth Cheney. Um, I was there. I was one of the groomsmen. Enjoyed myself. Beautiful wedding. But before the wedding, I just began to just look because that was really my first outing. And I began to look and I was saying, wow, when the Lord blessed me to get married, you know, whenever the time comes, I began to look and I said, wow. Everybody that I love would be there except for my sister Sheila. And I began to get sad. I began to get sad. I was at a happy occasion, but I was feeling sad. But I had to look at, I had to learn to move and go on with the broken pieces of my life. Thank the Lord, I remember now. I had to learn how to go on with the broken pieces of my life and get for this new reality, get prepared for the new reality, because like it or not, I'm in it. I was speaking about uh, when people asked me how it felt, and uh, I said about uh, I felt like it felt like um, losing a twin and a wife all in one, twin and a wife at the same time. But then also the other thing was I felt like me going to get a physical and all my extremities fine, perfect, and then all of a sudden come and just cut off one of my legs and then throwing away that good leg and now give me 
a prosthetic telling me I got to learn how to operate with this new leg when there was nothing wrong with the old leg. That's the way I felt. And I'm like, that's the best way I can I can sum it up because that was, like I said, that's something that I have to get used to. And those that those that know me, I'm a minister. And matter of fact, a couple of weeks before she passed, I was on the podcast right here, and we were ministering about grief. We were talking about grief, and so everything that was said then, everything that was said that I had learned throughout my life, now me being able to having to put it into practice is something when you try to tell other people. But then you have to remember those same words that you tell others. When your time comes, you got to tell yourself. You know, we can give people the encouragement and the confidence but also we have to learn to give the confidence and the encouragement to ourselves. And so what God was telling me was the same God that I preached to others, I got to preach to myself. And so this has definitely been a homework assignment, like it or not. This is a homework assignment that I must master. I must pass because if I choose to fail, if I choose to give up, I'm not just hurting myself, but I'm hurting my son. I'm hurting those that love me, but also I'm hurting those that love Sheila. So I tell people, even in the midst of whatever may be going on in your life, never give up on God. Never give up on praise and worship and obedience to God. Now, Never felt like giving up. Never felt like giving up on life. Never felt like giving up on my faith. But I knew just like what God told me when it first happened. This was I didn't mention earlier, but what God told me when it first happened, God told me that that death was a distraction. The devil did that. But the devil did that for on my part. And this is just towards me. And like I said, many others were affected by my sister passing. But with me, part of what the devil was trying to make me get sidetracked or get derailed from what God was having me to do. True enough, there was a great opportunity for me to be angry. Yes, yes. I'm saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, and that with fire. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So when you try to hurt or harm my family, oh, I got a problem. But this person did more than just hurt or harm. They destroyed my family. They destroyed my sister. I'm going to show you something. This is a brand new piece of paper right here. Brand new piece of paper. Nothing wrong with it. Clean. But just imagine me doing this, balling it up. Throw it to the side. Now, if somebody else want to come around and get the piece of paper, unball it, and use it, they can still use it. They can still write on it. But it won't be as perfect as it was before it became crumbled up. 
But see, we can refurbish paper, but we can't refurbish life. Someone took a coward way out and killed an innocent person. Now, I could have gotten angry, and believe me, I had to talk to God. Actually, before I went to go talk to God about that, God came and spoke to me. And then my daddy, my daddy called, called, like I said, right after it happened. And for my daddy, I heard the hurt of his voice. He begged for him to beg, please, please, please don't do anything. And I said, Dad, I promise you I won't. I promise you I won't. Because the devil wants, <laughs> listen, like I said, I don't care how saved and anointed you say you are, but when trials come like this, the devil going to easily try to test you. The devil going to easily try to tempt you. But I had to trust God for the outcome. And I'm continuing to trust God for the outcome. And so with all that being said, one of the things, one of the many things out of all of this, true enough, is, you know, I do go by my sister's gravesite. I go by there practically all the time, not because, well, I don't know how to live without her. No, God is sustaining us. God is sustaining me. He's continuously sustaining me. This is not a one-time thing. This is a, a constant reminder. But for me to go by there, it made me look. And even though I can't physically see her, but what God was telling me was, think about the memories, the good times, but also continue to pray for yourself and for your family. Your family going to need you, but also get this, I'm going to need my family. You know, one of the things I found out, especially as ministers, we we easily, and I know I've been told I've been guilty of this too, and rest. That was one of the main things because I'll be up at night sometime one or two o'clock at night and I would ask her, hey, what are you doing up? And she asked me, what am I doing up? She said, are you off, are you off tomorrow? I said, no. What time are you getting up? I said, I'll be getting up at 522 and it's 130. She said, brother, you need to go to bed. <laughs> and I said, I am, sister. I am, Sheila. I am. I promise you. You know, sometimes I will wake up in the middle of the night to do something. But for us to be able to lean on each other, like I said, being so used to as a minister, I, I, I get into, it's almost like autopilot to go minister, go help somebody. That's That's me. Help people. I don't have to know them, but help them. Because to be honest with you, when you have to pick and choose who you want to help or not, then there ain't something wrong with them. There's something wrong with you. You don't have to know people that you have to help. You don't have to know people that God is assigning you to go minister or help or encourage or even listen to them. And so me being used to that, God was showing me also, okay, you can easily do that. You can easily give. You can minister. You can encourage. But also you have to learn to allow people to minister to you. 
You have to allow people to come and speak to you, speak to your heart. You speak to so many people's hearts, but now you have to learn to allow it to be reciprocated. You want to bless people with words. You want to bless people, but allow people to bless you. This is something for those who may be ministers out there who may love to give out. I'm talking to you. God may be having this on my heart to share with you. As you pull out, allow people to pull back into you. God may be having you in a season for you to be able to have your sabbatical, not to just put out, but for you to receive. You know, I found out Gatorade will give you so much electrolytes. Water, water, healthy water, clean water will give you great electrolytes because we have replenished so much we have exerted so much energy, toiling, sweating. But as much as you sweat, as much as you work, you have to pour back so that way you don't dehydrate. And sometimes so many people have had a spiritual dehydration in their season. And so this has definitely been a teachable moment for me. And even though, like I said, even though this is this is something I have to continue to ask God to help me and remind me, you know, of how much I'm dependent upon him now. Because, like I said, we had, there were four boys and one girl. My mom and dad had four boys and one girl. And so now, all I have are my brothers. I don't have, I don't have, listen, I don't have any more sisters. I had one. I would always joke, those that know me. We would always joke on Facebook. You know, that was that was something that, um, a matter of fact, I found out, especially uh, during my sister passing, I found out so many people were blessed by our relationship. And people would tell me this even before my sister passed, that they were blessed by our relationship. And to me, I was like, well, that's my I love my sister. <laughs> we would always say, we like our brothers, but we love each other. You know, um, you know, many of y'all may see some of my pace, my, my posts on Facebook throughout the years. We were always, my sister and I always joke, talk to each other, talk about each other. And sometimes many people thought, are y'all the only siblings? No, it's five of us. But even I would publicly ask my sister out on a date. <laughs> I would publicly do that. Um, because it was my, to me, it was my responsibility. You know, even though I don't have a daughter, but I always said, ever since I was small, I've always said I wanted to treat a young lady the way I want my sister to be treated. People ask me why I do what I do. People, you know, I still believe in shivery. Shivery ain't dead. And it's just some of the people that are on life support. Or put people. Some people put uh, Shiver on life support, and Shiver ain't even on life support. There are some, there's still some good men being raised by some mothers and some fathers. So I always said I don't want my daddy to be the only gentleman that my sister knows. So I would always still, you know, ask her out on a date publicly and everything, you know. And so when even in the midst of you know, the loss of my sister and everything. You know, the devil tried to, ain't gonna lie, the devil gonna try to talk. The devil gonna talk to everybody. But 
most importantly, you don't respond. You don't listen to what the devil tells you. Even when you know that the devil is coming to you with some stuff, cut him off. But I know I had to really talk to God and ask God to continue to help me because, like I said, when when I lost my sister, being honest with you, as a brother, I felt like a failure. I felt like a failure because I was like, man, you know, not not so much because of, you know, but maybe I didn't show her enough. No, it was beyond that because I showed her in the those that know me, I believe in, you know, doing the right thing and showing love and respect. Those other things like, man, you know, maybe I could have done something to prevent that. You know, I'll actually, everything that happened to her, it happened right after she got off the phone with me. I had just got off the phone with her. And, you know, I went, I called to check on her because I just felt, like I said, that twin intuition. And so, you know, I I called her first in the answer. So I said, well, I'll see her tomorrow at church. But I couldn't shake it. So I figured, because we always so used to calling or inboxing or texting or Facebook or whatever. So we had a variety of ways of communicating. So when I texted her, she responded back, and it was her. And I asked her, I said, how do you feel? And you better not be on no date. You know, and I was going to tell her something, but when she responded back and she said, you know, she was on a date and I already knew who she was with, I said, no, that's okay. I'm not going to tell her, but I just wait till I see you tomorrow. And then to find out everything happened right after she got off the phone with me. It made me question, I'm like, man, I should have went on. I should have told her. I should have told her. Um, my, my reasoning for reaching out to her, because I felt the need to just have her. I want her to come and spend the night, have half to myself. And those that know me, you know, I'm single. I'm saved. Do I invite a young lady? I used to invite a young lady over to spend the night. But it was one young lady. And no, it wasn't no side chick. It wasn't no chick on the side and wasn't no girlfriend or anything like that. It was only one young lady, my sister Sheila. I would deliberately call her, hey, what are you doing? Come on over here. She had her own house and everything. No, I know, but I want you over here. <laughs> you know, that that was me. And And so, you know, when I didn't tell her, it, it really, really, really hurt me. But I thank God even now, God is helping me. And, you know, this is not, you know, to be sad. And I hope that, you know, I hope I don't make anybody sad or depressed. But I was just bringing awareness because, you know, it's it's coming up almost a year. And so the main thing I want everybody to do is to pray for us, pray for our family, and not just um, the brothers, the sisters, the parents, like I said, her children, Trevante, Tiara, but also other family members. My niece, my niece, one of my nieces, uh, BJ, you know, she loved Sheila. You know, um, you know uh, BJ, Chris, Jay, Jerry Jr., you know, um, 
Lil Ronnie, you know, it's, it's so many, so many of my family. We have small siblings, you know, even my son, my son, my son was affected by it. You know, um, do they get a, we do get a chance to talk. And matter of fact, um, you know, um, you know, it's, 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 it's something where you have to get used to, you know, used to the absence of someone that you love. But also, not only, you know, praying for our family, but there are some close friends. There are some people that were really affected. The community was really affected. Matter of fact, I had a speaking engagement yesterday. I had a speaking engagement yesterday, and I found out that I wore a shirt, not this one, but I wore another shirt with my sister's face on there. I felt the need to just have that. Um, I went to an event talking about love. It was a love conference. And I felt the need to wear it. And when I walked in and I spoke a little bit and come to find out there were two people that were there. They said that they were not just good friends with my sister, but they were ministered to by my sister. And so that really, that really made me feel great for me to hear that, but also for them to say that I helped them or whatever. But the takeaway of out of out of all this, one of the things I can say in the midst of me missing my sister. I thank God, I thank God, I thank God, I thank God that she was saved and she knew the Lord. Now, of course, there are times that she would say some crazy stuff on Facebook, and I would inbox her or text her, and she would deliberately say things just to get a good laugh. Sheila deliberately wanted to cheer up people. She said it's so much, it's so much going on. There's so many people that are depressed. There's so many people going through. And she didn't mind being the butt of the joke or to say something crazy off the wall just to bring a temporary relief, even if it was for a moment. And I was like, wow. But when it boiled down to it, when they talk about what God can do, look here. She will testify in a minute. And I ain't just saying it because she's my sister. I'm saying from what I've seen, I've seen her in action so many times. Being real, I've seen her in action all my life. All my life. When we were growing up watching my little brother, we would have church. She would play the, we both were tambourine players. But, you know, uh, when we were at the house, you know, she would sing and she would clap her hand and I would get a rubber band or two and put it by the door to have it as the upright bass to play. We were, we were young worshipers. They used to call us little missionaries. You know, we did not mind praising God. And so thanking God that God blessed me to have someone that was able to reach out and help those who couldn't even help themselves. I still have people, even to this day, to reach out to me that are around the country would tell me that they just found out about my surpassing, the influence that she made in their life, the impact that they made in her life. You know, I had a minister to tell me that they accepted Christ because of my sister, or they accepted their calling because of my sister. And it made me feel like a proud papa. 
it made me feel like, God, thank you. Thank you so much. My sister was doing kingdom business. And like I said, for me to be so honored, even though me being her brother, that was my sister, but also I'm a man of God that believes in soul winning. And I thank God that God blessed me with a sister that was a soul winner too. So with all of that, this had been a learning experience for myself. Be real with you. And like I said, I just wanted I wanted to speak about myself. Because a lot of times people feel like, well, you know, preachers ain't transparent with this one is. And I tell people, hey, look, you may see me behind the pulpit, but today I wanted to come out the pulpit just to tell y'all what's going on. But most importantly, to lead y'all back to the pulpit to let you know that the same God that's helping me can help you. So with these days that's going to be coming up, you know, before I begin, um, when I lost my sister, a friend of mine, a classmate of mine also lost her mom. So that was a hurt. Her name was Tracy Cottonade. You know, that hurt it. It hurted me to find out about that. You know, I was I was torn. I was torn because I wanted to make it to her service and I still had to take care of our situation and then having my uh I had my son and my goodness, you know, so much, so much and I'm like, man, so so I did get a chance to reach out to her and pray for her and pray for her family and also she did the same thing for us. You know, um it was it was so much. It was so much so much that went on and all I can say was, you know, they definitely need our prayers. You know, uh her mom and my sister passed on the same day on the third. You know, so this is this is a reminder this is an annual reminder. You know, um I will say this. Um when it comes down to grief, when it comes down to grief that's something that we can't bypass. You know, you can't choose your biological family. You can choose your friends. You can choose whatever diet you want to, whatever diet you want to eat. But you can't choose your family. But on the other hand, not only you can't choose your biological family, but now we are in an exclusive part of a family called the family of grievers. And we can we cannot escape that. Look, we we cannot look, we didn't sign up for it. We didn't want that. We didn't we didn't ask for it. But I thank God in the midst of everything that had transpired, I thank God for God Upholding us and helping us. I thank God. There are some family members. Uh, did you hear about when it come down to uh, losing a family member? There are some that you, they never speak to each other again. And I'm praying that not just for my family, but for other family members who may have some division, who may have some differences because of the loss of a 
key family member or the rot. Sometimes it seems like when a person loses a patriarch of a family, it could be a grandmother. It's like when they lose the glue of the family, the family separates. My prayer is if there's any family members that may be that may be uh, not communicated because their pillar is gone. The pillar of the family is gone. I'm praying that you pray for them, but not just pray for them. Give them a call. Listen, if that's your family, you ain't got to have no reason to call. Think about it. So many people, we depend upon God over oh, God. I'm going to be praying for that person. to go. God, you go over there, you go over there, and God saying, no, nah, I'm using you. You call. So call them. You ain't got to have no reason. Call, text them. We got we got social media right now. You know, we can call, we can text, we can do all these things. So how about you go ahead and just give them a call? You know, hey, let them know you care. Let them know you love them. Even if you don't want to say it, man, hey, just call and check and see how you were doing. That's it. You know, but in the midst of all of that, you know, I'm asking each and every one of you all to pray for us. I'm asking for each and every one of you all, uh, make sure that your business is in order. Number one, spiritually. You know, one of the things we always tell people, make sure you have your business covered. Make sure, just like you should have life insurance, you should have spiritual life insurance too. You know, because this is not our permanent home. We're going somewhere. So make sure that you have your business straight. But also, not just pertaining to make sure that you have your business straight with God, but also get your business straight legally. You know, make sure you have some insurance. You know, you don't want your family to have to have an offering at your funeral. It's, look, it's already stressful enough. You know, you know, if we knew when we, when we were going to die, then we could definitely save. And I tell people this all the time, and I, this is not me being sarcastic, but um, somebody asking for the number to the podcast. Um, death is the most inconvenient thing in your life. Death is the most inconvenient thing in your life. You know, I I easily tell people, you know, death is something that you can't avoid. And also as far as preparing preparing uh preparing for death. But also you could be planning for a wedding a year or two down the line. You could be planning for a vacation a year down the line. And then all of a sudden a couple of days before your vacation, all of a sudden you have a key family member that dies. Like I say, d- death is one of the most inconvenient things in your life, and you can't you can't be mad <laughs> that somebody died at this specific time. You know, now there are some deaths that could have been avoided. There are some deaths, you know, that you know, hey, it happens. So that's something that can't escape. Sometimes our schedule change because of death. But even in the midst of, you know, 
it's the time for us to just be able to just make sure that we have everything covered, our bases covered, naturally and spiritually. So with all that being said, you know, I really appreciate you all, y'all prayers, y'all thoughts. You know, like I said, continue to pray for me. You know, you may see me smiling now. Don't get me wrong. Like I said, there isn't a day that goes by I don't think about myself. I'm always thinking about her, always thinking about her. But also, I'm always thinking about those that love her. And that's me. Think about those that love her. Think about those that she loved. You know, she loved Facebook. (laughs) She loved the people on Facebook. She loved to entertain. She loved to just get a good laugh. She loved to make sure that, hey, you know, everything going to be all right. You know, she loved doing that. She loved to get a smile because that was her. And so for those who may be watching, if you if you have anything that may be on your heart that may be a burden, you may not have dealt with death as for a death of a close loved one. But you may be dealing with something that you feel smothered, you feel like you're smothering to death. Give it to God. I'm telling you from personal experience, it ain't nothing too hard for God. I don't remember if I said this earlier, but I'm going to say it anyway. Even me being a minister in the situation, dealing with what I'm facing, me losing my sister and me learning how to live the rest of my life without my sister, I found out that even when I tell people what God can do, even when I tell people that God can do this, God can do that, you know, even when I tell people that, now God has me in a position where I can show them. You know, the best and the most effective way to minister to someone is to minister to someone where you've experienced the same thing they've experienced. See, now it's been so many people. I did, I mean, my goodness, um, since my sister passed, it's been so many people that I have met that have been a victim of domestic violence or have lost a member of their love, member of their family because of domestic violence. I end up Actually, Friday, I went to go vote, and I sat in the car on the phone while I was there, and I felt the need, well, before the line gets too long, I heard him get a line. So I was on the phone while I was in line, and when I got off the phone, the lady right behind me said, you know, I, I don't mean to eavesdrop, but I heard what you said. That really ministered to me, blah, 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 and come to find out, the lady, not three people behind me, but the person right beside me. The lady right behind me, she told me that on March the 13th, it'll be two years that she lost her sister because of domestic violence. The lady right behind me, I mean, look, right behind me, it'll be a year and 12 more days that she lost her sister. And I said, you know what? I said, well, on Tuesday, it'll be a year that I lost mine. But I said, you know what? I said, God's going to help us get it through, get through it. God's going to help us get through it. He did. And he is. And he will continue to do that. So 
It's so many people that I have met. It's so many people that they want to share their story. And so the other thing, I do have to say this, at least me being real, this is me being a big brother. This made me want to, like never before, big people, especially women. If you are in, in a domestic violent or a toxic relationship, please get out. And I know some people say, well, you know, it, it's easier said than done. Look, we'll help you get out. Let's be real. We'll help you get out. I'm going to tell you something. The devil and the devil in the people will always make you control over you. Well, if you tell somebody, I'm going to hurt them, I'm going to hurt, get this. If you tell somebody, don't you know, you tell him back up to help you. But people trying to control you to make you think you better not tell them because they know that if they can divide you from your family, divide you from your roots, they got you. Don't listen to them. If you are in a situation that's toxic, that's unhealthy, I would encourage you get out right now. Matter of fact, I'm going to look up the number to um, domestic violence hotline. You can be anonymous. I'm going to look it up while we're talking. You don't have to deal or suffer with that. Listen, I'm going to say it like this. God did not intend you to deal with that. I don't care how saved or, you know, I'm supposed to help them. Look here. Leave that joker alone. Any boy that will put their hands on a woman, they're a coward. I said it, and they, I don't care if they get mad or not because they don't fight men. They fight women. Just be real. You are not a punching bag. I heard this analogy. Use your head for more than a punching bag. You ain't no punching bag. Women, you are God's gift. Women, anytime somebody separates you from your family, separates you from those that love you, they have no good for you, and there are no good for you. Anytime that, listen, we have, as women, we have, you have to stop giving wife treatments to guys who are undeserving and they ain't your husband. You have to stop being, I'm, I'm going to be real, quit being so freaking desperate for a man when you end up dealing with a boy. I'm going to be real. I am so sick and tired of seeing on the news, seeing on Facebook, women getting killed. Uh, it used to be where it was just, they were just killing the one that they were involved with. And if I can't have you, nobody else will have you, okay? That's, that's crazy. But now, they're killing Sisters, they killing the, the 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 girlfriend and the sister, the girlfriend and the child, the children, all that stuff. You got to start doing your homework on who you are dealing with. Some of these people, look here. I don't care if you go to church or not. If they're not on the same level, not just spiritually but mentally, leave them alone and quit listening to these self-help gurus telling you, well, you know, they'll change for the right woman. Listen, if they ain't going to change for God, they sure won't change for you. Let's be real. I am so 
sick and tired. And look, when I see that, it makes me relive when I dealt with my sister over again because she dealt with a coward. That boy was a coward. I'm not going to speak on a whole lot of, to him about him because I'm just going to wait till the trial comes and then I'm going to talk to him directly. But women, God did not intend for you to build a man. That old saying, I mean, these old secular sins, no pain, no gain. You know, a, uh, 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 matter of fact, now this is scripture, but people use it out of context. Well, you know, it says, um, sanctify a wife, sanctify a husband. So, you know, you know, you just get somebody because you save and your prayers are worked. You you just get somebody and you just love them and just help them and uh, uh, get them closer to God. Women quit being ignorant. You are supposed to have a leader, not a follower. Being real. Women got to stop getting guys behind them to try to put them in front of them and you're wondering why you want backwards because you got somebody from behind you not look you don't have a leader you got a follower and a lot of time he's following the wrong person so women if you love yourself ask yourself are you willing to wait for the right one or rush to the wrong one. I've had many young ladies. Matter of fact, I had, and it, it really, it really angered me. I've had some that talk to me about the relationship that they were in. And true enough, if you want to get out, hey, I'm, I'm there to help, or I can get you some help, or whatever. But I've had some, they just want, well, I just want you to pray for me. Do you want to get out? No, no, no. It ain't that bad. But why you call me? Why are you wasting my time? Look here. I don't believe. Look, I'm too busy of a man. I'm too busy of a father. I'm too busy of a minister. I'm too. I'm a busy person. Period. So if somebody want to contact me, I'll say, look here. Only contact me if you mean business. If you don't mean business, please don't waste my time. Yes, I will tell you that. I don't mind praying for you and everything if you mean business. But if you don't mean business, why waste my time? Because you're blocking my time with somebody who I can be talking to that really want help. And they're going to call me, well, you know, I, 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 don't, I love him. Oh, well, you know, uh, well, you know what, what, about my, what about my this? What about my that? And I said, do you know who you're talking to? Forget about Brother Prater. Forget about the minister. Boy. No, 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 do you really know who you're talking to? Let me remind you who you're talking to. You're talking to a man who had to bury his sister because of domestic violence. You're talking about your man hitting on you, beating on you, but you're concerned about losing a big house. What about losing your big life? Think. Think about it. So I'm just putting it out there just in case somebody who may be trying to, who, I want to talk to you. I want to talk. No, no. Dude, are you really sure you want to talk to me? I'm not shooting no corners. My sister and I were supposed to be doing a domestic violence thing together. We had planned. We talked about it and everything. We had, matter of fact, the night, the night that she was discovered, 
when I was on a podcast about strongholds and stuff, I didn't know this until later on. But my daddy and her were going to surprise me and be on the podcast. So this podcast has sentimental value and meaning to me because I'm praying that it ministers to others, but also I want to do this to help people know about Christ and also to help them to get out of crisis. So I'm I'm begging women, if you are in an unhealthy relationship, get out. Get out. Get help. Do not suffer in silence. Do not hold that something. And listen, you tell people, but also you tell your family too. You tell people. Don't just confide with, don't tell nobody. Don't tell, No, sound the alarm. I'd rather for somebody to be mad at me and be alive than for them to be dead because I didn't say anything. But also for the men, <clears throat> there are some men that are being abused too. There are some men, there, there are men that get killed because of an abusive woman. So it goes both ways. But also I want to encourage for those who may have been the ones to be beating up on women, for those who beat up on guys, listen, you don't raise grown people. You think about this. For each time you hit a woman, this is for the guys, for the each time you hit a woman, imagine those the same amount of times somebody hitting your daughter. For each time that you hit a woman, for each time that you say, well, if I can't have you, nobody else can have you, imagine some joker that just like you telling your daughter. Imagine somebody telling your daughter that mess. Would you like that? No. You'd be ready to kill somebody because they mistreating your daughter. But just imagine you mistreating somebody else's daughter. You mistreating somebody else's sister. True love doesn't hurt. True love respects. True love honors. Even for the women, you think because you can try to emasculate some man that's gonna make you feel superior, that's gonna make that's gonna make him you know, honor you, respect you. Nah. Nah. And there's a difference between you trying to put fear in somebody and you want somebody to respect you. When you when you trying to make people when you try to put fear in people that's not genuine love that they're giving you. That's not genuine respect that they're giving you. That's fear. But just think about this. People do some people do things when they're scared. So just imagine if you think about, well, you know, if I can't have you, nobody else can have you, and you try to kill somebody and then you want to kill yourself, first of all, I'm not promoting this but instead of you killing that person, how about you just get rid of yourself? I don't want you to do that. Suicide ain't the answer. Homicide ain't the answer. So how about you understand, you know what? If that person ain't happy with you, then you let them go. So that way you can be with somebody that that want to be with you. Just think about that. But with all that being said, you know, this is a... Um, this is a privilege and an honor for me to be um, talking about how 12 months has been. Um, 
you know, I've I've relived this day for a long time, and even leading up to this podcast, even as I was, you know, putting on my clothes and all that stuff, I begin to think this is almost like my first show because me speaking on today and me reliving last year this time where I was speaking and little did I know that what I was feeling excuse me, I had to override what I was feeling to minister and little did I know that feeling I was getting because the other part of me was gone so with all that being said the takeaway from this evaluate your relationship with God evaluate your relationship with people if your relationship with God is great then great keep it up if your relationship with people is on the brink then do something about it. make some adjustments if you are in a relationship that is unhealthy I don't care how you try to improve it. It's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. Most victims are the ones that they try to change. Most victims are the ones that try to change to make the relationship better. But when you change it for the better, that's when the relationship gets worse. There's nothing you can do to change him but leave. Now you got to look out for yourself. You have to be responsible for yourself. And I'm going to tell you something. I don't care how you try to love on him. I don't care how you try to uh, uh, do all you can for him. He's not doing that for you. He's not going to do that for you. Listen, it ain't your fault that he hits you. It's not your fault. He has a problem, and you're not the cure. He has a problem, but his problem is not your problem. Your problem could end when you leave. You need to get help. And I'm going to say this. I feel the need to say this. If there's any women that's being hurt, being abused, and all that stuff, if you call the police, do not drop the case. You let the law take care of business. You need to stop siding with wrong. Wrong behavior is not right. Get the help that you need. And even if he say, well, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Listen, he could be sorry that he got caught. But remember this, when you leave, stay gone. Because if you try to come back, he'll realize that, oh, you're the type that'll run. So he's going to try to make it that much harder for you to leave the next time if you go back. If you ever survive leaving the next time. So I have to, I just, I just had to put it out there because I'm tired of seeing women getting killed because, and, and get this, the mug shots. Look at the mug shots of these guys. These guys got problems. Like I said, you're better than that. Do not stoop down to try to help somebody to come up to you when God has somebody that's on your same level. 
But if you can't, listen, if you choose to not get somebody on the same level, that means you mean that means that you are choosing to accept a devil. If you choose to not accept somebody on your same level, the one that God has for you, if you're choosing someone that's not on your level, then, then you're getting a devil. So please, please make sure that you take your time and evaluate yourself and evaluate that person. Do your homework on people when it pertains to love. And quit sharing intimate thoughts in your secrets that people who will use and abuse you counsel. And quit trying to be friends with somebody who's out to hurt you. You know, I, I know that was that was a whole lot, and I don't apologize for it too. And if those get mad watching, then be honest with you, I really don't care. I would rather see you alive and have you to be mad at me. And guess what? You will get over it. You'll thank me later. I don't mind. I don't mind that. I got tough skin. <laughs> I've been working in the jail for twenty six years, over twenty six years. So. There's nothing new that I can hear. I've heard it all. And I've been called worse <laughs> by worse people. But I'm trying to help. I want to help you. I want to help you to be in a healthy relationship that's, number one, honorable to God and also honorable to you. And if you don't, if you don't want to do it for yourself, if you don't want to do it for God, if you don't want to do it for your family, do it for my sister Sheila. Do it for her. If there's anybody that have any situation that they want to give to God, you can give to God right now. You know, for those who may be hurt, those who may be grieving, like I said, we are in the family of grievers. God can help. God can heal. And this is not a one-time thing that he want to do it. This is a continuous thing because you may feel fine right now, but tomorrow might be a reminder of, uh, you know, I, I, I ain't going to lie to you. I need y'all to pray for me. But I want y'all to pray for me on Tuesday, on Monday night, on tonight. Be praying for me. You know, I thank God for God giving me the strength and the ability to speak about such a sensitive, such an intimate topic. But my main thing is, I have to say it if it's going to help you, if it's going to help that lady to help her to understand, you know what? I can't change that man. I need to leave. And listen here, don't feel bad. Don't let anybody make you feel condemned. Well, you know, the Bible said in them same ones would be saying that when they have to bury you because you listen to them. There was a minister I heard that there was a minister told this young lady, she went to church, she was talking about she was, uh, her husband was abusing her and everything, and that minister told her, she better stay, she's there to get him saved and everything, and she went back home. She stayed with him. You know what? He killed her. He killed her. Look here. I'm going to be real, which I ain't got time to be telling somebody to stay in an abusive relationship. Matter of fact, yes, I'm a preacher and I might have married you, but if he up here is swinging and hitting on you or she's swinging and hitting on you, then you know what? Just like how I did your wedding, I'll also do your divorce. 
Yes, I would. I'd rather do your divorce when you're alive than do your wedding, uh, excuse me, do your funeral and you dead. Well, you know, uh, uh, the, the death do us part, and that's what that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna stay together until we die. Yeah, and then he kill you. Uh, uh-uh. uh, don't be stupid. Do not be stupid. But I'm praying for each and every one of you all. I'm praying. I, I see my my niece on there. On a, I'm a, I want to speak to my niece, Tiara. I love you. And these may be difficult times, but God is going to get us through this. God is going to help us. God is going to heal our hearts. God is going to help us to overcome this. And like I said, not just for today, not just for tomorrow, especially not just for Tuesday, but for the days and for the months to come. But this is the time for us as family to come together. Because like I said, we need, we're going to need each other. We need each other. You know, like I said, those that may see me, y'all may see me. I may not say a whole lot, and 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 especially this situation, it has made me become even quieter, you know. But like I said to my niece, I love you, and know that you had a great, great, great mom, and it just so happened she was my sister. Just so happened, like I said, didn't realize. Like I said, I knew I was self- I, I realized I was selfish. I didn't realize who Sheila was to everybody else. I just realized who she was to me. And so it just so happened. I don't mind sharing now, but Sheila, your mom, was a great mom. She was a friend. She was more than a friend. She was more than a sister. A couple of months ago on a Thursday, it, I woke up. And I realized I lost more than a sister. I'm so used to hearing people say, hey, man, I'm talking about the sister, talking about the sister. I'm used to people saying that. But I woke up and realized I lost more than a sister. I lost a friend. And so for, for Trey, God going to carry us through. For Tiara, God going to carry us through. And, you know, God going to heal. God going to massage our heart. God going to massage our minds. God going to help us. He promised that he would do that to my brother Jerry, to my brother Walt, my brother Ronnie. God going to help us. God going to heal us. You know, it's so it's so many. Uh, there are some cousins. There are some uh, stepbrothers and uh, uh, nieces and nephews. So many people that was affected by this. God going to carry us through this. You know, Trey, Tiara, um, uh, uh, Chris, BJ. Jay, Lil Ronnie, Taylor, um, God going to carry us through this. God is going to help us. God going to heal us from this and through this. And what the devil meant for evil, the devil tried to use this to destroy us, to make us become angry and become hateful, to even have the seed of hate in our heart. But you know what? The devil's alive. Because we are going to give everything to God. And it's not our responsibility to heal our heart. It's God's responsibility. We're going to put everything in the hands of God. We're going to let God do it. We're going to let God help us and heal us. Because he promised to be. And like I said, my sister, she had her affairs for God all right. You know, her relationship, you know, if I could, 
if I could, if I can send an email, a text message to heaven and ask them, hey, can you allow visitation rights for my sister to come down for her to be with her family one more time? I'm pretty, pretty, pretty sure, knowing my sister, as much as she loved me, as much as she loved her son, her daughter, her daddy, her mama, her family, she would say, child, please, I ain't going back down there when I'm up here. God, oh, no, got another thing coming. That would be her attitude. So with all of that, I know that she loved God, and I know that just like how God has helped her, even in the midst of the process, God is helping us. God will continue to help us. Um, before we get ready to um, uh, go into prayer, I'm um, I see I see somebody on uh, on the line. I'm getting ready to uh, let them come on the air. Matter of fact, I'm gonna make sure I I'm gonna make sure I able to have the listeners listen in. Hello, welcome to Reconnect My Heart podcast. You're on the air. Hey, Uncle June. Hey, hey, hey. How you doing today, ma'am? I'm doing. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I I appreciate the call. You, you surprised me. I, I I didn't know who was calling. But um but um I I wanted to just if you didn't mind, I wanted to give a little tribute to your mom, you know. Um you know, I love her, and just in case you didn't know it, I did like her too. You know, even though she was kind of crazy sometimes. But um, you know, if if you want to, you're welcome to say something, or even if you just want to just just listen, you're welcome to do that too. Well, I don't know. I'm really numb at this point. I really wasn't feeling too much at first. I mean, of course I was feeling it, but, like, I don't know. It really kind of hit me today when I left church. But all I can say is rest in heaven to her, and I'll leave the rest unsaid. And that's just it. I don't really – it's nothing more to say. It's nothing else I can say. It's nothing else. No other way to put it. It's no other way to heal it. It's not no other way to get through it. Nothing gonna cover the pain. It's just something you just gotta go through. Unfortunately, not somebody I know going through it. You know, it's me. Hmm. She always would tell us, like, you know, one day everybody gotta die. But, you know, you don't really talk to your kids about how to prepare for that. Like, okay, what do I do with you gone? Okay, what now? What now? Like, what now? You know, but <clears throat> it's um, it's unfair, but life isn't fair. So, you know, all we can do at this point is really take it for what it is and Try to find some way to deal with it, I guess. However people get through this, 
um, yeah, that's pretty much it. R.I.P. to my mama, and that's it. That's it. Well, I, I appreciate you. Number one, being honest and, um, you know, this is this is something that, I ain't going to lie, like I said, it hurts. And, yeah, the preacher said it too. Yeah, it hurts. But I will say this, um, you know, my sister and I have always talked about things. And I remember a lot of our conversations. And we would often talk about moments like this. You know, um, she would say some things, you know, confidential. Um, And one of the things that she always, I remember her saying was, you know, I would always tease her about, you know, you know, heaven and stuff, you know, when, excuse me, when, when it started raining, Excuse me, when it started raining, I would say, you know, Jesus is coming back or something like that, you know, and they were, you know, she's always been scared about hearing that. And of course, me too, about midnight. But I remember her telling me, if anything ever happened to me, I know June got my back. I know June will make sure everything's straight. And that's something I, I hear it every day. I hear it in my head. And in her own way, even my my I can't remember if it was my last time or my second last time seeing her. Um, she was right in front of me at my mom's house, and she was getting up to do something, and I heard this voice in me to say, "Get a good look at her and just capture everything." And I said, oh, no, 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 uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. I said, yes, look at her real good. That's your sister. Beautiful sister. And I, I remember always telling her how beautiful she was. You know, always one of her eyes, always one of her teeth and everything, you know. And um, even when I got a goal afterwards, she got a goal. So it was a lot of things that we did. You know, she wanted to be in law enforcement. I got law enforcement. She worked at the grocery store. I worked at the grocery store. All these things. And so with that, just like how God allowed us to be together and have that kind of love, have that kind of fellowship, that same God that gave is the same one that's going to give us the help that we need, the support that we need. And you know what? You know, in the midst of that, I'm praying that there will be a great testimony. And like I said, it ain't my responsibility to heal my heart. I can't heal my heart. I want so badly to heal my niece, my nephew, my dad, and my mama's heart. But as much as my my knowledge or my ability is limited, I can't do it. But God said he can. So I'm crazy enough to believe that, you know what, God, this is something that we have to go through. But I refuse to allow anything to heal me other than you. And we've talked about God, like I said earlier, all throughout this time, I've talked about God, I've ministered about God, and now 
it's time for us to everything we believed about God to have him to help heal us. And I'm praying for you. And and this is not just in a private or public form. This is even in a private time, too. Because I want people to know that when it comes down to hurt, hurt hurts. It can hurt the pastor, the preacher, or uh, anybody. But just as deep as hurt hurts, there's healing that can soothe the hurt. And so my prayer to my niece, Tiara, forget about Reverend Prater. I'm talking about this Uncle June. Uncle June love you. Uncle June praying for you. Uncle June is praying that God help and heal and God soothe your weeping eyes. God soothe your broken heart. God gives you the peace to be able to get some sleep and for him to be able to continue to minister to you, even giving you the ability to praise him even in the midst of your hurt. As you praise and as you obey God, Everything pertaining to what you're dealing with is God's responsibility to make it come forth. So we're going to trust God even in these hours. We're not going to trust people because people will fail us, but God is the one that's going to bring everything forth. And so my prayer is not just for my family, but even for those who are grieving, those who are hurt too, those who have been a victim or a a, a survivor of domestic violence. My prayer is for God to bring the help and the healing that that you need, to bring the help and the aid that you need to be rehabilitated and for the what the devil tries to do to divide the family, God bring the family unit closer together. And I'm praying for God to even bring funds to help supply the, the, the needs that need to be met. And for those who look like they need help, for those who may need a way out, I'm praying for God to open up an avenue for you to get safe, to you to get protection, and for you to get the help that you need. And I'm also praying for the legislators to make a movement where there can be stricter, stricter situations or stricter laws for those who are in domestic violence, for those who are the abuser of those the uh, of the those that are abusing women, those who are abusing men, those who are abusing children. I'm praying that God, in the midst of everything that's transpired, I'm praying that there will be an awareness for people to understand that this is a serious thing. I'm praying that God help and bring healing right now in the name of Jesus. And we bind everything the devil stand for, we send it back to the pits of hell. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. We thank you, Lord, for the testimony that's coming from this. And we thank you, Lord, for everything you've done, everything you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. I want to thank each and every one who are tuning in. And I want to end I want to end on this note. I thank everyone that was there to celebrate my my sister's life, our journey together. But also, even for y'all to even just listen in on this particular show. And on a personal note, I want to thank 
my sister Sheila. I thank God that God had blessed me to have such an awesome sister. I thank God that God had blessed me to have a sister that I wouldn't want to trade. And so I've spoke about my sister, and now I want to speak to the my sister's legacy. Me and many others will make sure that your death was not in vain. We're going to make sure that we continue to praise God in the midst of the hurt, in the midst of even the confusion. We're going to trust God, we're going to praise God, and we're going to continue to sound the alarm for those who are in domestic violence situations. Sheila, Sheila Prater, Sheila Denise Prater, Brother Prater, Junebug, want to tell you thank you so much for being my protector, being my teacher, being my mentor, being my being my sister, being my everything. You are everything to me, and you will continue to be everything to me. And I thank you so, so much from the bottom of my heart. And I thank God that I was able to tell you, not just now, but tell you even when you were here and you knew it. And so I thank you for everything throughout the years. You will never be forgotten. You will always, always be with me and be in my heart. And I love you, love you, love you dearly. So I thank each and every one tuning in to reconnect my heart. God bless you and good night.